to Scoreline Extra, the podcast that tries to condense some of the interviews, most of the interviews, that we've had on Scoreline at the weekend here on KCLR. We were very busy. We were at the launch of the Kilkenny Senior, Intermediate and Junior Championships, so we'll hear loads of reaction from some of the players and chairman Jimmy Walsh. We'll have the post-match reaction to the Carlos Senior Football Championship, while also catching up with Joe Sheen on all things Greyhounds and... Davy Jones, who talks to us about all things fitness. We're going to start with the Carlo post-match reaction. Barry, that was a brave performance, and I know looking at the league table, probably in the relegation playoff before a ball was kicked, but you were in a great position, slipped in the end, scores were scarce in the second half, and a few little discipline problems, but you could have won that game. Ah, yeah, look... Um I suppose we treated this game like we treated the rest of the games where we were just coming in and we wanted to get a performance and see where that took us. Uh, probably a little bit unfortunate in the other games. Uh, left ourselves way too much to do, uh, particularly against Rangers with seven points down at half-time, got back level and we just felt that one probably got away from us. And Just coming here tonight, we just we just wanted to give a performance for, for all the good work that we're doing out in the field. We hadn't brought it to Dr Cullen up to now. Look, it was, it was a good performance. We still didn't get the win, but um, yeah, look, we were just happy enough with, with the performance. You got some lovely goals in the beginning. In fairness, you didn't lose the match either. We have to remind listeners of that. It was a draw and an entertaining enough game. There's a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, well, and look, we got a couple of early goals, and, and uh, but like Pal played a lovely brand of football, um, you know. And we're trying to we're trying to not play 15 behind the ball. We're trying to play with with four up top all the time. Uh, and look, it leaves us open at the back, and we're going to concede scores. But I keep telling the lads, like you know, we'll, we'll get scores up the other side. And look, they're enjoying playing that kind of kind of game. Um, and you know, like uh, Pal are a decent team. Uh, we were, you know, I've said it loads of times. There's nothing between any of the teams here in Carlow. Um, anybody can go win the championship. Like Pal have as good a chance as anybody, just because yeah. they drew it all Auckland. You know, people might say, "Is their championship? Uh, they won't have have much run in the championship." But like, they'll be, they won't be too far away when it comes to it. Yeah, you're probably disappointed you lost it in the end tonight, Barry. But knowing your fate before a ball was kicked tonight, I mean, looking at the table, you know, if we say something, something else can happen. But the moral of the story, you now you have to prepare your team for what looks like a relegation playoff. Yeah, and looking, we had a good chat after the Rangers game. Like the lads were very, very disappointed themselves to be out. Of the championship uh, it's not where they want to be at the start of the year but look it is what it is and we just have to meet it head on now and uh, we'll have to go back to all Auckland we have a couple of weeks hard training ahead of us and uh, whether it's Airog or Balnarana we'll just have to dust ourselves down and prepare for them that'll be an interesting one next but anyway thanks for your few words and uh, we'll see you the next day no bother thanks, thanks Barry good man Turlough big win uh, tonight um I, it would be unfair to say you were a wounded lion, but you hadn't the best of starts in the championship. A win was a win, and scoring differences were probably a bit of a, a thing you had to go for as well. You ended up with a fine tally at the end. Well, we weren't we weren't concerned about the score, to be honest with you, Brendan. We were concerned more about our performance because we have had a difficult championship so far, as you know. Um, but any team that has gone through the injury crisis we've had this year would be in the same position. So, look, it was about... Winning the game and qualifying for the knockout stages, that's what it was about last night. And look, we welcomed back the few lads that we haven't had for a while and it made a big difference to the overall performance of the team. OK. And you obviously were looking at the game coming in. OK, Balnebrana hadn't a great championship either. They were destined for the relegation coming in. Their backs were to the wall. O'Loughlin were similar situation in the game before your game tonight. But you did your job. You needed three points on the board. You now have three points on the board. Yeah, well, look, we were... Very conscious that uh, Banderana have actually been very well organised the last couple of years, and they have a structure to their team. And we expected that it could be a, a, a t- much tighter battle than it turned out to be. Um, they have a, certainly a, a, 
they've done a lot of work um, but they're probably limited in their playing strength and that's where we had an advantage I suppose in, in, in strength and depth Yeah and you did take some lovely scores Charlie. your goals were lovely some lovely point taken uh, Colm Holton uh, Carmack Mullis Niall Quinlan and the lads everyone picked in there for Christopher Blake all got a nice return last night you like to see that from your forwards your defenders played well your experienced players Benny Kavanagh as normal outstanding as well you know you had a few leaders and you need leaders don't you? Ah uh, yeah every team needs leaders and uh, look Last uh, the last hours of football there is the, is the probably the best football we've played all year, um, and look you know you you need everybody really putting their wheel to the, sh- the shoulder to the wheel I should yeah. say and really working for the team and the team is the most important of all and it's not about individuals it's not about scoring talents or, or tallies by players it's about you know the hard graft and working for each other and backing each other up and when things are going against you that you dig deeper and that you don't drop your head at any stage and uh, maybe that was something that I felt in the last game in particular that we probably were feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves because of the situation we were in and uh, you know we had to shake that complacency or that, 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 that letharginess off ourselves and, and, uh, and really go for uh, in the game because it actually was really it was knockout here against Pandoran tonight Well you're back in knockout now anyway Torla that's what counts a roger in the championship and you can look forward to that Absolutely, yeah. Look, it's it's been a strange year again. This thing of you know the league football league being in February, March, April. Then we're not playing again until the end of the year. It's just a crazy way to run a football competition in the county, and it's high time now was looked at. It's not fair that the football clubs are going second again for a third year in a row. Yeah, and would you be in favour of the All Like last weekend should have been the All Ireland football final. The week before the All Ireland hurling, would you be in favour? I'm one of the old stagers. I, I'd like it back that way, split season. But I spoke to Nicky Brennan last week, former president, and he said they should really give it two years to see how it works out. What's your own good feeling on it? Because it's not the same, is it? I mean, we had a county hurling final in the middle of summer. The, the kids are on school in school. You know, it, it doesn't work out well. Yeah, look, there's it's a hugely complex uh, area for the GA. To be fair to everybody involved because there's so many strands to it you know there's the obviously the dual situation hurling a football then there's inter-county and club and trying to marry all that together is not simple and uh, they're trying their best to facilitate everybody by split the season as they have uh, in some ways it works very well because players like to play week on week off or, or certainly you know regular games rather than have lengthy gaps between games and from the county perspective you know they've got a bit of momentum there through the the uh, qualifier competition there and uh, you know um, they'd like to have gone a bit longer mm. I would say like and uh, then it came to a shuddering halt really and the best of the the, the, the weather is ahead of us like and, and, and no games for them you know but they didn't open up for the, for the hurling here in Carl I suppose and um, you know they had the best the, the best time of year to play a hurling I suppose but now Sam Mullins have a huge gap to before the yeah. Blenheim Championship like so it's it's very hard to get it right for everybody, uh, but my own my own gut feeling is that we have to go uh, alternate hurling and football in the club competition because uh, both codes need to be treated the same. Yeah. Okay, Torla. Well, listen. Well done tonight. Look forward to seeing you in the knockout stages, and it could turn into be a fantastic Carlow football championship. We look forward to that. And thanks for your time. Thanks, Brendan. Hopefully it will. And uh, it was a great evening here for football, isn't it? Powerful. <laughs> Tin Ryland won but in fairness you put in a splendid second half and I suppose you're wondering and scratching your head and saying what went wrong in the first half 
we are. You couldn't have summed that up better. We're first disappointed with our first half performance, but sure, look, I suppose they came back in the second half and showed that they, they can play a bit of football, so we just have to get ready for next week now. Quarter final it is, and you yeah. know, the win would have got you direct to a semi, but it's a quarter, but you're, you're still well in the championship. Yeah, oh, we are. I suppose that's the main thing, really. We have another day out, so we'll see how we get on. We might stay and look at this and see how, how they fare out. This <laughs> wasn't it, it wasn't ideal weather. It was a typical West Kerry weather, I suppose. Yeah. Atlantic, the wild Atlantic well, weather. It was hot and raining, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, you know, we were looking enough. Small drop, which sure wasn't too bad. Yeah, you were obviously happy. You, you got to get a few younger fellas in off the bench. You have a bit of experience, yeah. and you're a good running team as yeah. well. Yeah, well, they are, but just the first half, they were very flat, whatever the reason. I don't know, was it? I don't know. We'll have to see how they were so flat in the first half but in the second half to be fair to them they did get stuck in and, and play ah, I wouldn't say unlucky now we had a few half chances but I wouldn't say unlucky now can, can I ask you one question was a ball in the first half went over 30 your full forward gathered I think it was the full forward gathered and he didn't call for the mark at no. the time do you believe the players forget about the mark at yeah, times sometimes yeah. in the heat of the battle that yeah. can happen that can happen but you look in fairness I don't know why, but surely these things happen. If, if we all played the perfect match, your life would be very simple. Now you're talking, Hamish. Okay. Well, listen, we'll see in the quarterfinal. Well, okay, thanks, thanks very much, man. Thanks, Hamish. Stephen, congratulations. Three out of three in the championship. Okay, there's nothing won yet, but uh, you'd have to be very happy with, with that. And you're probably not overly happy with your second half performance, but you were in control at half time, held out in the end, weathered the storm when you had to. I think that'd be a fair assessment. Yeah, to be honest, a really poor second half. I think the lads know themselves. Probably that psychology, and in fairness, maybe. It fell the other way on air oak two weeks ago under World Four to a point up after ten minutes. You know, Johan Cruyff always said the Dutch lost the World Cup final to the Germans in '74 or was it '74? I think because yeah. they scored a goal in the first minute, and they were thinking about the result, not the game. And you know, there was there was a lot of scenarios we should have gone forward in the second half. You know yourself, we do play a control game, but they came at us man and man. You know, I would have liked to have got done, done a lot more on the counter there, and probably just that everything to lose mentality comes in and it's probably something we have to we have to look at ourselves ultimately you know I didn't see what happened for the goal I wasn't in the stands I was on the sideline take that out we still only could well call that a point save you can see the five points but defensively happy uh, offensively second half very very poor yeah now in saying that Bagnastown are always competitive but at the same time you've won the game and the great thing for Tin Ryland is now you miss a week next week because you're on the go a few weeks and that's kind of an important thing as well I know it's the format of the competition but you now have a bit of a breather you have two weeks to prepare for a semi-final you said it to me the last day the way you play you don't open up the Red Sea give away the ball it's nice to look at when you're going forward and you're scoring and to be fair you got some nice scores today and your frees were exceptional yeah we still got we still got some good scores I mean some very again first 10 minutes was poor I think we got Two shots out of six, which would be well below our, our percentages. Really good, twenty to or ten to thirty, which is ultimately what won the game. It gave us that but seven condition, one lead. Conditions were horrible. Because they well, look, they weren't that horrible. The pitch wasn't what I was led to believe. The pitch is the pitch is good enough. I'd play on a pitch like that every week. You're handling wet ball when you haven't in five months. That's a that's a factor. Yeah. No two ways about it. Yeah, but the big thing there, listen, there's a the confidence that we're after beating Air Og, who you know started the championship as one to five. Oh, and I've never seen that in a championship. Um, even the dubs in their height they weren't 1-5 to, to win in All-Ireland so you know you've won that albeit they've saved some strong boys coming back in I gather uh, we've beaten the team that knocked us out of the quarters last year and not this similar game good first half brutal second half but Town, they're sticky they stay with you I'd respect them for that um, but uh, obviously the big one you asked the, the week off is massive there's no two ways about it four matches in 22 days is it's a big ask especially if you're nursing injuries so the two weeks now I told the boys 
guys we'll go back we'll enjoy a few points down day tomorrow get into the get into the recovery mode tomorrow evening and on the training ground Tuesday nice for, like to look forward to you preparation you mentioned John Crafe you have kind of a Jack Charlton uh, kind of a, a way about you allowing the lads have a drink or two and back in a fortnight's time fair play Stephen <laughs> well look I'll tell you I won't, tell you, I won't say what club but there's a, there's a story from uh, the late 90s of a team who played a friendly not too long before an All-Ireland final and a point turned into something rather more memorable and the mature man of the panel tried to say to the manager are we serious here and he tells the story now that it was the best thing ever did and he, he says they won the All-Ireland out of it so listen they're amateurs they have to enjoy it I, I certainly not, so I agree with you I, I'm around long enough to know you know we can go out listen 50% we're playing a big big gun in a semi-final probably, actually sorry probably playing one of the county finals with every chance uh, if things go to form anyway in two weeks time we could lose it you have to enjoy it while it's there obviously we're here to win I'm not into moral victories but you enjoy the days while they're there there'll be long enough days losing let the lads enjoy it when they win and then as I say from Tuesday morning it's all about two weeks time yeah well listen thanks a million you're always splendid to have a word with us Stephen keep up the great work we look forward to in the semi-final well done to in Rayland 3 out 3 ain't bad but there's still more to do 100% thank you thanks Stephen good man thank you no bother, Brandon. thanks a lot Paul, well done. Uh, fine performance, a good seat performance in difficult conditions, and you've beaten the county champions. You're in a quarter final. Okay, so are they, but you must be very pleased. Yeah, look, you know, we, we played well today, but I suppose the two of us coming into the game, it was it was a game of football between the two of us because two of us were already through, and you're only really playing for a second and third place. The quarter final is, is what we're targeting next week, and that's what we've been targeting for the last since we beat O'Loughlin. At the outset, there was a lot of talk earlier on. You were without a lot of players. There was lads away, which is unfortunate because you were a hurling club, a strong hurling club as well. They're back now. The full complement, Mount Leinster Rangers, to put their name down on the list. That was very competitive. Yeah, look, Mount, Mount Leinster Rangers aren't a hurling club. They're a senior dual club. And there's lads there who are training fierce hard football the last five or six weeks. And like that's, that's what you're looking for. And sure any one of the six teams who are left in there all think they have a chance of winning it, you know. And that's the reality of it. No rest for the wickets, back to back again next week, so no rest for the wickets. So I've seen you had a good chat with the lads there at the end. I'm not going to ask you what you said to them, but uh, you've obviously complimented them to put in a good see, good see performance today. Yeah, yeah, they were grand. They were grand. They've done a lot of the stuff we'd, we've been working on, and lads worked hard and, 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 and tracked men and got tackles in, so that was good stuff, yeah. And your changes worked well, took your goals well early on also. Jeez, that was more luck than, than design. <laughs> well, now, to be put, honest you with you, you could have had an extra one, and it just didn't happen to be. There seemed to be a push in the back there, which people thought he was blowing for the mark, but there was a push in the back. He gave a free out. You were lucky you didn't get another one at the uh, time. Yeah, yeah, look here. You know, it would have been nice if it went in, um, but sure, it didn't. So, look, and we, he scored. He's, I think he, he scored another goal in the second half, so it would have been a hat trick for sure. Doesn't matter. Thank you, so no one broke your hands in the hurry, but uh, you're backing with the blowing football. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Bagnell Sound. Yeah, yeah look, Bagnell's yeah, good. look. You know, I suppose it's local enough. Most of the most of their football uh, teams in the county aren't really in that area, area of Carlo. So I'd say it'll be a bit boy to it next week. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we look forward to that, Paul. Yeah. Thanks a million. Thanks, Paul. Best of luck. Well done. Yes, it was a very busy weekend of live sports here on KCLR. It was also busy on Wednesday night in UPMC Nolan Park for the launch of the championships in Kilkenny. I'm at the launch of the championships at UPMC Nolan Park and I'm joined by Kilkenny GA chairman Jimmy Walsh. Jimmy, for all the players and everyone associated, the sponsors and media, to be here tonight, um, it's great that you have kind of occasions like this again after three years of the, the pandemic, which didn't allow us for any of these sort of events. 
Yeah, it's actually great to come in and meet the club chairpersons here tonight and club secretaries and also to see uh, all the young players, uh, the new faces coming on the scene and probably some of the older ones that we met before. Um, we've just finished the junior one now uh, for JJ Cavan and Sons. Um, and shortly we'll be having the Michael Ling Hyundai Motors launch and the St. Kansas Credit Union Senior Hurling Championship launch. And you mentioned there that the two launches are coming up, but just generally this year, with crowds being back fully, and there's a real good kind of positive energy around Kilkenny Hurling after a great um, campaign with the inter-county side that just fell short in the All-Ireland final, do you feel as though there is that extra sort of energy around the county for not just the senior club games, but junior and intermediate also? Well, I think it is, and even at juvenile matches. I think um, people were a bit reticent last year. They didn't come out in the numbers when COVID was relaxing, and uh, they're all out now. And you'd actually hear of people trying to fit in four and five matches the weekend. It's absolutely fabulous. I think there's a great pride in their clubs, and people want to get back to support their clubs as well. Is that something that Kilkenny GA have been conscious about this year, the fact that maybe to try and avoid having games on at the same times and leave gaps so that supporters can get to as many games as possible? Because that's been something that's been widely praised across the county that you have allowed for um, people that really love the sport to get to as many games as possible across the weekend. Yeah, well, PJ Kenny and the CCC officers have uh, done their best. Um, it's not an easy job. Uh, you have to manage... Um, clubs hosting matches clubs playing matches uh, officials referees linesmen the whole lot and then you have camogie games on as well on Sunday so and at the weekend so it's not easy but um, you mightn't get to the, all the matches your choice matches but there is options for you every, every day of every weekend so yeah there certainly is and also how important are the sponsors for senior intermediate and the junior as well in terms of backing you and um, helping you put on you know the, the festival hurling that is throughout the summer Sponsors are absolutely fabulous um, and the sponsors that we have with us now are all long-term sponsors. Uh, they've all renewed their contracts, they've all went through tough and hard times the last couple of years in COVID and they've come back in um, and there's great support between them. Uh, not alone are they involved with the Kenny County Board, they're all involved with their own clubs, uh, the different communities and... Um, it's, I suppose it's priceless because uh, it takes money to run the organisation, it takes money to run the competitions. We have the gates, but then we have um, all our inter-county teams, uh, Holland football, uh, operating at high levels. And um, I suppose every call it the dollar, a pound, a penny, whatever that comes into, every euro that comes in, uh, it's well spent in Kilkenny. And I think that's greatly appreciated as well. So um, they love to be on board and we're delighted to have them. And of course, you mentioned there in your speech um, to everyone here today about Brian Cody finally stepped down as manager after an incredible period um, and length of time in charge at Kilkenny. Um, would you just like to pay a tribute to him again because we actually haven't spoken to you since uh, Brian decided to step down? Well, I suppose just to quote a few lines I said tonight, um, um, Brian Cody, like what, how can you sum him up in one line? Um, and the question I asked was, what were you doing in 1999? Or what was anyone in the room doing in 1999? Now, most of us can't remember what we were doing then. We were in a different era in our lives, but Brian Cody was back training Kilkenny Holland teams at that stage, senior Holland teams. And in the meantime, um, he's brought the team to the top of the tables. Uh, we're now the most successful Holland team. Um, he's done huge work for the image of Kilkenny, for the image of Holland, uh, for looking after players and all that. So what he has done for Kilkenny has been absolutely immense. Um, I presume someone will do a thesis on it write a book on it I don't think most of us w would be we would not be able to justify uh, or to uh, I suppose celebrate what he'd done um, it's been absolutely fabulous and he's left um, Holland in a great state in Kilkenny there's a 
a brilliant attitude in the clubs, everyone working together within the clubs, then they all work together for the county. Uh, every county team we have that goes out is competitive and you have to put all back, that back to uh, Brian Cody and the people that work with him over that length of time. And Derek Ling, of course, will be his successor. How important was it for a county board to maybe get that in place as soon as possible after Brian stepped down? Because he does now, and him, him and his backroom team get to kind of um, see all the players in all of the different championships now coming up. Yeah, we're delighted to have um, Derek on board. Derek has come through, I suppose, to Kilkenny Way at this stage in uh, coming up to the senior team and then um, training the managing the county under-20 team and... Uh, he brought us to a, an amazing success this year. All the matches wouldn't be a point, one after extra time. Um, he knows the background. He's pro- hopefully we'll move seamlessly through. And I suppose the most important thing was that um, he had now his backroom team in place. Uh, he's seen most of these matches or in Kilkenny or, or has had an option to see them. The championship is starting and uh, he'll be out there looking for new players and um, to see how our current players are going. So we're all really looking forward to 2023. And finally, Jimmy, um, involved in the county board for a lot, number of years, chairman this year, of course. How much have you enjoyed the role, particularly coming out of the pandemic? There were such dark times. You hark back to 2020 and you think about the empty stadiums and largely empty for club and inter-county stuff. But to see it all come back to normal now, as you said in your speech a little bit earlier, um, it, it's great for yourself as well, I suppose, to, to be kind of overlooking all of this. It's absolutely brilliant. I suppose... The the last two years with COVID were different. Uh, there was different challenges. There was different problems came up. All our competitions had to be reorganised. But I suppose what you would say about Kilkenny, there's a fabulous team in Kilkenny. Like, I'm only one of the team. Um, everyone is working for the good of Kilkenny. Everyone in Kilkenny that's working it are volunteers. Uh, Kilkenny Holland comes first for them. It's brilliant to be working with them. And I've really enjoyed uh, the time. And the time has absolutely flown. Uh, every day that you're out there, uh, there's some new challenges coming up. But um, when you have a team working together, it's like Brian Cody's teams. Um, we are generally successful. Certainly so, and hopefully you maintain that level of success for years to come. Jimmy Walsh, Cahirlock, uh, Alkel Kenny Jay, thanks very much for speaking to me today. Thanks very much. Thank you. I'm here at the launch of the St. Kansas Credit Union Senior Hurling Championship with Kilkenny and James Stevens' man, Connor Brown. Connor, obviously, mixed match campaign for yourselves so far, but going ahead into uh, relegation semi final acts as a first round championship game, is it about kind of starting afresh from there? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, we're under no illusion. We had a poor league, and um, we're just confident that we're not going to let that uh, poor league dictate the rest of the season. You know, we're not really viewing it as a relegation semi final. We want to stay positive and just think of it as a first round. And if you win that, you're straight through to a quarter final. So that's the way we're looking at it. And the last couple of performances in particular, obviously you're never happy losing the City Derby against your biggest rivals, O'Loughlin's and Dixborough. But do you feel like there has been a level of improvement amongst the, the team? Because it seems like you've maybe you know, gone up another level from maybe the first couple of rounds in the league. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, We had a, a very poor start against Glenmore and... Uh, the next two games after that we weren't too happy with but uh, ever since Brian uh, came in and joined us there's been a great lift in, in the squad and in every training and we're, we're training very hard it's very competitive so um, you know um, that's why I suppose we, we have we do feel like we're, we're going okay now and, and we know there's a performance in us 
And you mentioned there, obviously, Brian Cody, former Kilkenny manager now at this stage, 11-time All-Ireland winning manager involved in the backroom team. How much has that inspired the team? There's been murmurings about an inspirational speech he gave before uh, the O'Loughlin's games and things like that, but has that given everybody a lift? 100% yeah you know Brian is a is a legend in Kilkenny and especially in our club everyone has great respect for him and um, you know when he comes into the dressing room you know all the eyes are going to be on him and with himself and Shem they're a great combination you know and especially for the younger lads in the team they, they all look up to him so much and it just it drives the whole training on it gives a great uh, spirit the lift in the, in the, in the squad. And your own role of colour, just to kind of go into it a bit more, you're obviously a bit more of an experienced player now. Do you see yourself as that? Kind of about leading a lot of the younger players that are very talented hurls, but maybe having as much experience at this level as you. Do you kind of take on that leadership role the more and more you play in for the village? Um, yeah, sure. The, the four of us that are on the county team, you know, sometimes there is a lot of pressure when you go back into the, the club scene that a lot of is expected of you. But the lads have... I've been training so hard all year that there's great leaders in that team. You know, we still have Owen Larkin in the dressing room, Matthew Root, we have lads like this. So it's not all about uh, talking and this in the dressing room because if there's leaders all through the team. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be too focused on, on talking too much because um, sometimes I, I just like to do, do my own thing and, and spur lads on uh, on my own whenever I can. And just very briefly, looking back on the inter-county season, heartbreaking defeat in the final, but you've done yourselves and all Kilkenny sports across the county really proud, obviously falling two points short of Limerick. Um, how do you reflect on the season now, maybe, that you can look back on it? And Leinster final win as well, which is nothing to be scoffed at. Yeah, you know, we, we have the, the three in a row done for the Leinster, but, um, you know, in Kilkenny, you're, you're never happy unless you win the All-Ireland. Uh, losing by two points, you know, it was... It was disappointing, um, but I suppose we did pull up a good performance and you know we're just going to come again next year and hopefully get over that line. Well, fingers crossed you do get over the line and the best of luck in the championship ahead, Connor. and thanks very much for speaking to me today. Thanks very much. I'm here at the launch of the St. Kansas Credit Union Senior Hurling Championship. I'm joined by Kilkenny and Glenmore man Owen Murphy. Owen, how much are you and the whole team looking forward to the first round of the championship now against county champions Pally Hale, of course? Yeah, really looking forward to it. It's going to be a massive challenge, but you know we're delighted to be back up hitting our ways against the senior team. So Pally Hale are the best team in Kilkenny for the last, well, already going for five in a row, but they're the best team in the country for those years as well um, so yeah look it's going to be a massive challenge but looking forward to it and reflecting on the league obviously you mentioned there you promoted last year the club seems to be riding the crest of the wave it's just a great momentum behind them but how have you found the return to the senior ranks because you've done very well you've not been really threatened by relegation at all um, yeah we, we've had some ups and downs as well at the same time look our second game was a bit of an eye opener we had a bit of an off day and weren't on the ball and Dixborough, I suppose, um, put us to the sword. And, uh, yeah, look, you know, recently then against uh, Bennis Bridge and O'Loughlin's, you know, there was opportunities given to them. They took them and we had some opportunities that didn't take them. And that's the massive difference, I suppose, between senior and intermediate is that once you give teams those opportunities, they're very clinical, they take them. So um, it's a massive learning curve. It has been since the start of the year. We, we, we've been playing the top teams. But, uh, yeah, look, we, we're just we're delighted to be up there and pitting our mix against those teams. And as an experienced player that's played at the highest level, obviously, with Kilkenny, 
is that something that you have to reiterate to the panel maybe that the mistakes that you're afforded at intermediate level you can no longer afford at senior level because you are playing against incredibly high standard of players of course yeah definitely so and you know you can't leave your foot off the gas like it's the full 60 minutes um you know and whatever then is going to be added on you know it's technically nearly a 70 minute game and if you take your eye off the ball at any stage you are punished and you know Lachlan's did that towards the weekend we 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 fell asleep but you know i suppose a couple of times in the sec in the first half so apologies and um yeah they punished us so like that's something that you can't allow to happen at all and then obviously coming up against one of the best teams in the country sorry the best team in the country uh yeah we're just going to we're going to have to be really on tune from the start and uh yeah but um you know it's, it's been like that throughout the whole year look um I, I i think intermediate is a very good standard as well um and i think there is a couple of teams there that certainly be able to pit their ways up in senior level but it's it's obviously incredibly hard to win intermediate because if you have an off day you're going to be beaten and uh yeah um look we're just glad that we're you know i suppose up in senior now and playing the best teams yeah, and the best team, as you say, are Ballyhale Sharmocks, of course. You're coming up against them in the first round. How do you go about preparing for a game like that? There is a two-week break, of course, between your final round of the league and the first round of the championship. Do you do anything different in preparations for that, or is it just about kind of reiterating what has brought you this far uh, to date? I think you have to, obviously, focus an awful lot on yourself as well. And if you're getting caught up in, you know, the type of quality of players that Bally Hale have where do you start and where do you stop I suppose and uh, yeah so look they, they have some of the best players in the country and they will take watching but at the same time we have to focus on what we want to do and you know try to implement that game plan and how we want to play on the day and uh, you know there's, we, we'll have to bring a mass work rate as well in order to even compete with them before, before we think about anything else you know and just very briefly on reflecting on the year gone with Kilkenny, a uh, heartbreaking All-Ireland final defeat to Limerick, of course, by two points, but a really great year, I suppose, in many ways, winning Leinster for the third time in a row and putting in some incredible performances along the way to that All-Ireland final. How do you kind of reflect on it now that a couple of months have passed since the final? Um, tough one, I suppose. I still haven't looked back on the All-Ireland yet. I might do sometime over over the winter but um, you know we set out our stall at the start of the year to win the All-Ireland and like you know the league is a small stepping stone the Leinster is another stepping stone and you know if you don't win them you still have an opportunity to win the All-Ireland and ultimately it's you know come November and December nobody gives a hoot who's won Munster or Leinster so you know to be honest it's probably still classes as a bit of a waste of a year we had a massive opportunity it's extremely hard to get back to the All-Ireland final so um, yeah look it's it's uh, yeah I suppose bittersweet we did have some good results there but at the end of the day you're not winning the Lee McCarthy doesn't make a difference and just finally, Owen, um, you're unique as an individual as well because, of course, you play outfield for Glenmore and in goals for Kilkenny. Is there anything kind of differently that you have to do um, preparing for a game for Glenmore compared to Kilkenny? Because a lot of people listening in wouldn't have an insight in that at all. Whatever level of the game they're playing at or whatever sport maybe they usually just play in the one position. Look, I've the best of both worlds, I suppose, that I, I'm, you know, get to play in goal with Kilkenny and outfield with the club, but um, I still, I just love playing Ireland and, uh, yeah, I, I don't approach the game any differently and, um, you know, look, I'm training out the field, so I suppose that's the only difference that's, that's uh, you know, I suppose um, the only difference compared to playing with Kilkenny, like, obviously, you'll be doing, you know, different types of training, but, uh, no, look, once, once the 
Thursday after the All Ireland, I was back down with the club and we had a challenge game, and you know that was a bit of a, a blowout and um, and that. But it's you know those couple of weeks, I obviously had to get up to full fitness. But um, yeah, that's that's the only thing that sort of had to change in that couple of week period. But after that, look, you get used to it. It's just getting into a routine. Well, Owen, thanks very much for speaking to me today, and the best luck in the championship ahead. Cheers. Thanks a million. I'm here with Tullerone's Bill Gaffney at the launch of the St. Francis Credit Union Senior Hurling Championship. Before that, of course, Bill, you have a league final to look forward to with Bennis Bridge. How much are you and the whole team looking forward to that now? Yeah, sure. It's great to have a bit of silverware to, to play for um, before the championship starts. It'd be great to get a win at there, like. And that game comes, obviously, before the championship. Are you able to use that? Obviously, there's silverware on the line, like you say, but are you able to use it as almost a game to prepare for championship, which, of course, going in straight into a quarter-final stage, it's going to be a very difficult opponent one week later. Ah, yeah, sure. You have to be all guns blazing a week before the championship. Like, you can't be taking it easy or anything, so it's just going to be do or die for us. Like, we'll go out and win every game we can. And just reflecting on your league campaign, finishing top of the group with seven points, really good win in the last round against county champions Ballyhale, Termock Sioux. Do you feel like the team is in good stead heading into the championship? I'm sure finishing top like is great. Um, obviously, we won three of our matches and drew one and lost one. So, yeah, it's good going in the league. But uh, I suppose from now on, you want to just win the next game. That's all we're focused on. And as a club player, Bill, finally, um, there's obviously been a split season. A lot of talk about the split season between inter-county and club um, campaigns. How have you found it as a player this year? A lot more games earlier in the year? Um, I sure suppose we wouldn't have much matches during the summer, but um, yeah, don't really think about it, to be honest. Just when the season starts, really, is when the league starts there a month ago or that. So once that gets going... We're happy enough to say go on then. Well, the best luck in the league final anyway, Bill, and the best luck in the championship ahead too. Thanks very much. I'm here at the launch of the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Intermediate Hurling Championship with Ben Layden of O'Loughlin Gales. Ben, how much are you and the whole team looking forward to the championship now? Ah, yeah, really excited for it, I suppose. Uh, it's our third year up intermediate, so... We really want to put a stamp on it this year and uh, drive it on, yeah. You mentioned there that you won the Junior Championship, of course, a couple of years ago. Back up intermediate, how have the, you and the team been finding that maybe raising standard over the last number of years? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a step up all right. The last two years, I suppose, were kind of the COVID leagues and championships. Uh, this year is our for, first full um, first full league format playing it, but uh, we're enjoying it and uh, we love the challenge. And the games have come ticking fast this year with the league, with the split season between the inter-county and club season. How have you found that? Has it been different to previous years? Uh, it has been, but again, uh, last, the last two years' championships have uh, been the same. Games have come quick and fast uh, because of COVID. But uh, yeah, from a player's point of view, it's brilliant to be playing and you know, you know the season. And you're up against the Fenians this weekend, of course, in the last round of the league before any championship hurling commences. Um, a big game, you could finish in the top two with a victory. Um, how are you feeling ahead of that one? How important is it that you do get a victory? What would be a third win of the year? Yeah, well, we are chasing um, top two. Fenians, uh, a proud hurling club, and uh, we've had great battles with them over the years, especially uh, back when they were a senior club, and they're always a, a tough, tough club to beat. So we're re- looking forward to that game, yeah. 
And just O'Loughlin's is a unique club in its own right, Ben, in the sense that obviously you have a senior team that have done very well over the years and now the intermediate team are doing very well. Two teams playing at an incredibly high level. Could you give us a bit of an insight into how the club works? Do you train at the same time? Do you train with the seniors? Is that what maybe a reason why you have been so successful over the last couple of years, do you think? Yeah, the two, the two panels train together um, under probably the senior management and then the intermediate management tie in with them and uh, we kind of only break away for um, intermediate matches and things but yeah, it's uh, intermediate players are trying to push on to make the senior team so they're driving senior players on the whole time and training and training is tough and that's the way we like it and as intermediate players you're obviously trained against players that are playing at the highest standard of club level in terms of the Kilkenny Club Hurling Cha- Senior Club Hurling Championship I should say do you think that helps in terms of then when you're coming down to intermediate that you've played against players of such quality that you can kind of you know um, from the minute the ball's thrown in you can match the intensity levels of your opponents if not better absolutely yeah you'd be hoping that'd be the case we're trained against uh, uh, senior players every night we're marking senior players every night in training and you'd be hoping that'd stand to us Well, the best of luck with the championship and the final round of the league, Ben. Thanks very much for speaking to me today. Cheers, Robbie. Thank you. I'm here at the launch of the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Intermediate Hurling Championship with Shane Kinsella of St. Martins. Shane, obviously one more round of the league to come, but championship is where it's at for a lot of players and management. How much are you looking forward to it now? Ah, yeah, we're ready to opportunity of rectifying our bad league so far so um, look championship is where it's at lots of teams go bad in the league just look at Johnstown last year lost their matches won the first round weren't fancied ended up in a semi-final and probably should have got to a county final so all is not lost yet yeah, for our listeners, of course, it's four defeats from four so far heading into um, Saturday's game at three o'clock against Carrick Shock. But as you said, there's more than enough um, opportunities now. Final round of the league campaign. You will be involved in a relegation semi-final, which will also act as a first-round championship game, whatever the result is. But heading into that game against Carrick Shock, how important is it to use it as a sort of foundation builder ahead of the championship? Uh, look, we're just, we need to get a performance together now and try and settle down a team and just really get ready for the week after is the main thing now. Uh, we're going to finish bottom of the group as it stands. The, the match can't get us out of trouble, so we just need to build a strong base for the championship. Does that give you a free shot at the weekend in the sense that you can't move up or down the table? So you can h- kind of have a bit of a go on the pressure that maybe has been there for the first couple of games, isn't there? Yeah, the pressure's off as such. You can lay off the shackles and just hurl. So maybe it might give a few lads a chance to express themselves a bit more. And of course for St Martins at the moment it is a very, very young team. A lot of young players are involved there. A mix of experienced players too, and the likes of maybe Paddy Nolan and John Mulhall that people that know. The likes of you know, 33, 34 years of age now. Um, do you feel as though maybe there is that blend that needs to come together now heading into championship between the young players that are maybe the core of the panel at the moment and those older players that have done so much for the club? Yeah, well it's definitely our club is in transition at the moment. We've lost a lot of stalwarts, we'll say, down to the last couple of years. So just have to bring along the young lads and try and blood them into championship hurling and get them used to things and hopefully we can hopefully we can get things together before the end of the year and just for the club itself um obviously going to be as i said involved in a relegation semi-final how important is it to try and stave off relegation to junior because you know you go back through the histories and it's obviously it's my own club as well that's why i'm speaking so passionately about it. you think about the 85 all-ireland win you know in 06 or 07 i think it was in the county final here at nolan park against bally hale and you know obviously disappointing to be intermediate at the moment but maybe if we could just stay up for this year next year and build on that as you say and um try and get back to senior someday 
Yeah, of course. You, you, you want to play as high as level as you can. Dropping down, dropping down the grades is always hard to come back up. You think that it might be easy to come back, but nothing is easy one in Kenny. Well, the best of luck with the game at the weekend, Shane, and the best of luck in the championship ahead. Thank you, Robert. Thanks. I'm with Conor Hennessy of Tuller Ross Birkin at the launch of the JJ Cavanagh and Sons Junior Hurling Championship. Uh, Conor, looking forward to the championship now. Of course, you have a league final with Pilltown first. How much are you looking forward to that? Yes, yeah, so we have the league final now. I think it's Saturday or Sunday week against Pilltown, which obviously is a very tough match. Pilltown topped their group. Um, we have a break of about four weeks before the first round, which is a quarter final. So the hurling itself in the matches will change. Then, like we'll be back into knockout stuff. So any teams that we overcome in the league, like we won't be writing them off at all come championship. And just looking back on that league campaign, because you mentioned Pilltown had a successful league campaign, but you also had a very strong um, campaign to date. How happy are you with where you're at? Um, you know, your performances along with your results have been very impressive so far. Yeah, well, I suppose at the start of the league, uh, we, had a, we, had a, we got bit to Callan in the first game, and then I suppose we got a few injuries. We had a few injuries and Niggles going into that one. We have them lads back, obviously, Walter Welch is back hurling with us now. He's over his groin injury, so he's a big addition to the team. Like He's a great leader on the pitch, so himself now, Danny Glennon, and these lads are going well for us now in the forward, so it's great to have them lads back. And you mentioned there Walter Welsh, obviously he's synonymous with Kilkenny Hurling being part of the panel now for a decade, the inter-county panel I should say. How important are people like Walter Welsh and you know you mentioned the other experienced players there to kind of lead you through this because for Tuller I suppose the holy grail is getting out a junior. Yeah well that is of course the aim, same as every other team I suppose in junior but um, Wally I suppose is a great leader on the pitch and as well as that like coming up against good teams like they're going to have good defenders and maybe like Wally he'll be watched in every match like so it might free up like Sakeen or Danny or some of these lads as well in the forward so he's great that way like to take the attention off other players so hopefully now Wally will get going for us and he'll have a good championship for us. And to give us a little insight as a player how different is the league compared to championship because we constantly hear it um, but is there an extra edge in championship hurling given it is knockout compared to what you see in the league? Oh, I think so well personally myself 100% I do think so um, I suppose in the league like deep down when you're going out on the field like you know you have another chance or like not saying players do but you mightn't be 100% right or you mightn't be giving it 100% when it comes to championship like you have 60 minutes and after that 60 minutes you or the team you're playing are going to be gone like for the year and then it's wait for another maybe 12 months or 11 or 12 months for that chance again so I think it's a completely different game and the mindset going into the game is completely different as well Well Conor we wish you nothing but the best of luck in that league final and the championship and thanks very much for speaking to me today Thank you Thanks I'm here at the launch of the JJ Cavanagh Sons Junior Hurling Championship with Nigel Stanley of Galmai Nigel how much are you looking forward to the championship now? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I suppose I've come back off the back of six games in six weeks there with um, in the in the league stages there. Obviously, we're um, two weeks off now into the preliminary round uh, in two weeks' time. So uh, yeah, look forward to big time. Yeah, obviously get a few lads back from injury and uh, yeah, we hopefully give it um, give it give it um, our best and see how it, how we go for the rest of the year. And you mentioned there are six league games in six consecutive weeks. How intense a period is that for players like yourselves? And what does the training entail? Is it more about rest and recovery rather than actually hard kind of training? Is that done before balls thrown in? Yeah, a lot of it is. Like obviously, we obviously get our bulk training done in before the league starts. But yeah, training during during uh, during the six games or the six weeks have been um, intense but short. Yeah, and obviously the, the the first session of the week is pretty intense, and then probably tapering off, getting ready for the game of the weekend. But yeah, no, um, we'll be managed well by 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 the, by the coach and team, so we're not going too bad. 
And is it enjoyable as a player? We constantly hear about player burnout, but you're obviously playing a bit, little bit earlier in the year as club players this year. And the fact that you have so many games in a short period of time, is that almost more enjoyable in the sense that you're not training as much and you get to go out in the field and have competitive games? Yeah, yeah, definitely, I think. I think, obviously, this is the first year that's been as intense as it has been, but I think, um, yeah, parking your probably personal life for that period, and you know when you're probably going to be playing matches well in advance, so you can start planning in advance, and um, I think for the most part, anyway, in, in our club, I think everyone is really bought into the split season, I suppose, and the condensed sort of nature of getting all our league games played um, in a short period of time, I suppose. And there's been a lot of talk about that, maybe a lot of criticism about that split season and that, you know, there's too much of a gap between the end of the intercounty season and the start of another one. But as a club player, and that, of course, takes up the majority of the GA's membership, how much more enjoyable has it been for you? Because, as you say, you can structure your seasons a lot better than maybe what has gone in years gone by. Yeah, in the transfer, it has been enjoy- very enjoyable, yeah. yeah. Um, like obviously other years, it's probably fragmented in terms of you have a, f- a couple of months to start with that you have to give, give it um, everything you have. You have a few, few months off and then you go hard at it again. So um, although the year is probably still as long, it's, it's, you yeah, can prioritise obviously your, your time more efficiently and be prepared for a championship when it comes. And hopefully, obviously, as a result, result um, go better when it comes to championship time. And of course you have a lot of very um, young players in your panel with a mix of experience too. Do you feel as though those young players um, now are getting to an age where maybe you can be competitive at this level because we know how tough it is to get out of junior in any given year but that the fact that maybe those younger players who are supremely talented are getting that little bit older and that little bit more experience could help you this year going into the championship? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, there's two ways you can look at it. Obviously, for a younger team, you can say, OK, we have the next 10, 15 years to go try and compete. But obviously, when you're a junior club and you have a young team, you have ambitions to go junior or for go from junior to intermediate. And then obviously, the end goal would be senior, if at all possible. But obviously, we're not naive enough to, 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 know, or to know that, obviously, if, you get up, if you're able to progress and play well, go well in championship, when you're younger, obviously, it brings you on a lot, lot more... Um, in your probably mid twenties and later, so yeah, I think think the team we were we were well placed to, yeah, give it a rattle, I suppose. Well, Nigel, the very best of luck with the championship, and thanks very much for speaking to me today. Thank you very much. That's about it for all the GAA talk, but all the talk has not stopped. Oh no, we're going to catch up with Joe Sheen, who's going to give us a rundown on everything that happened in the Greyhound world. Well, the pot is boiling and it's coming to boiling point in Shelburne Greyhound Stadium where the 2022 Boyle Sports Irish Greyhound Derby, we have the quarterfinals tonight in excess of a quarter of a million euros prize money. It's huge, it's massive and we cannot wait to see our local runners take part in tonight's quarterfinals of the Irish Greyhound Derby with thanks, of course, to Boyle Sports, the sponsors in the first quarter final. At six minutes past eight, Gert Kelly Nestor goes to traps from the orange jacket of trap five for Andrew Murray, who has made Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium his local track over the years, enjoying much success. And we are looking forward to seeing Gert Kelly Nestor giving a stab at the quarter finals tonight from trap five. Finished second last week and has been an amazing servant for all connections. So best of luck to the Murray family tonight in Shelburne Park. 
The second quarterfinal is an absolute classic with Vincenzo for Patrick Ilfoyle having won in 29.49. He runs from trap four, but in trap five, and the fastest derby heat so far, Kulavani Hoffa, who won in 29.13 the week before last for 24-year-old Mark O'Donovan and Michael O'Donovan, who won the Irish Greyhound Derby a number of times. He's no stranger to classic success, and he Put in an astonishing performance, winning in 29-13 the week before last. We'll go off favourite for that one tonight, I would imagine. But it's going to be a very, very tough heat to come out of. In the third quarter final, we have local interest in this one. In the form of Barefoot Supremo for the Murphy family. And Paul Hennessy, of course, has won the Irish Greyhound Derby before. He's also trained a Cheltenham Festival winner in the horses. So he's a man of many talents. Best to look to the Murphy family and Hennessy family with Barefoot Supremo. He won last week in 29.66 and has exceptional pace from the second turn. Best of luck to Barefoot Supremo. In the same race for the Lahey Kennel. Droopy's nice one owned by John Coleman of course has been a magnificent servant in her short career to date winning 10 races from 22. She stays on strongly. She has early pace. She runs from the stripes of trap 6 tonight in the third quarter final and you can catch all the action on Sky Channel 437. It's the only race meeting on Sky Channel 437 RPG TV tonight as all the meetings in the UK have been called off in honour of the passing of the Queen. So it's going to be all the action from Shelburne Park on Sky Channel 437 tonight. And of course we have next week's semi-finals. And subsequently after that we have the final race card is going to be live on a Virgin Media television. So fantastic to see that back on our national airwaves. But for tonight, you can catch all the action on Sky Channel 437. The first quarterfinal goes to post at six minutes past eight. As we said, Barefoot Supremo and Droopy's Nice One, local Raiders competing in the third quarterfinal. And in, finally, in the fourth quarterfinal, we see the likes of Explosive Boy, who won Dog of the Year last year. 40 races, 23 wins, in excess of a 50% strike rate. He's been in a magnificent servant. And with the likes of Crafty Kokora on Trap 2 and Callaway Pro-Am for Owen McKinnon Trap 3, the fourth quarterfinal is going to be an absolute cracker. We cannot wait to see the quarterfinals of the Irish Greyhound Derby tonight. As we said, Sky Channel 437, tune in for that one. Elsewhere in Limerick, we have the Cambridgeshire tonight where the Paul Hennessy trained Hello Hammond put in an enormous run last week, winning in 41-18-9 for the 750-yard trip. Of course, he was an English Greyhound Derby finalist this year as well. He has been a class servant. And we are looking forward to seeing him in action in Limerick tonight. We also have the Michael Fortune Memorial Derby plate in Shelburne Park tonight with plenty of local runners. Peter Cronin from Mooncoin has a very, very strong team indeed in the Michael Fortune Memorial Derby plate. Some cracking runners with the likes of Kildare. Of course, was an English Greyhound Derby finalist as well. He have a very, very strong team in the Derby Plate tonight in Shelburne Park with the likes of DeBold Freddy as well who won in 29.56 last week so best of luck to Peter Cronin and his team from Mooncoin in the Michael Fortune Memorial Derby Plate also Kilgraney Sydney for the Bagnallstown based Buggy family running from the fourth quarter final of the Michael Fortune Memorial Derby Plate so best of luck to all local connections in Shelburne Park tonight now last night in Kilkenny we had a class card Tremendous racing. We had the Peter Meany Memorial Novice 
sweepstake but five heats of that of course Peter Meany was a wonderful servant to Kilkenny Track he was a director of the track for many years and a wonderful supporter of the track done massive work over the years all behind the scenes and all voluntary and it's wonderful to have a competition in his honour so thank you to the Meany family for continuing on his legacy in the local stadium and what a wonderful turnout we had for the Peter Meany Memorial competition last night some really really nice performances the likes of Clara Jacko winning in 28.93 Droopy Sean winning in 28.80 Romeo Cody winning in 28.94 Romeo Atomic for the same connections winning in 28.85 and Run Faster winning in 28.92 so we're looking forward to a cracking second round of the Peter Meany Memorial elsewhere last night 9,000 euro to the winner this competition the Jag Building Services and Kilkenny Goba Derby, the A1 Derby, which has brought the cream of the crop to Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium this time of the year. Beauty Quick Step, of course, she won the Boy Sports A3 Beach Stake very recent time. She won in 29.06 last night, staying on stoutly and looks to have a big chance in this year's Jag Building Services and Kilkenny Goba, of course, sponsored by Kilkenny Goba. And Gavin O'Mahony, who has been a wonderful supporter to the Kilkenny Track and the Greyhound Racing game. Deadly Showtime at odds of 1-2. to two. Well, he ran accordingly, winning in 28-61, putting in a great shift last night in the second quarter final. Delirium Tremens given 28-69 for the Back to Mackey Syndicate and Mert Lahey. And last but not least, Blast of Harry won the fourth quarter final in 28-69 for Paul Hines and trainer Paul Hennessy. So a vintage renewal of the Jag Building Services and Kilkenny Gobat A1 Derby. We're really looking forward to the continuation of that competition. And of course, the second round of the Peter Meany Memorial Novice Sweepstake. Next Friday night in Kilkenny, we also have the Split the Pot continuing each Friday night in Kilkenny, where last week the winner took home 280 euros so keep an eye out for that one as well as the Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium tipping competition best of luck to all our local runners in Shelburne Park tonight and exciting times in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium next week with the Peter Peter Meany Memorial and the Jag Building Services and Kilkenny Goba A1 a derby to look forward to Now we're going to hear from recent Irish international Dana O'Brien from Tullow Rugby Club, who was in Carlow Rugby Club, caught up with our own rugby go-to guy, Mr. Stephen Byrne. We've caught up with Dana O'Brien, um, Kilbride woman, Tullow Rugby, um, and now a senior Irish international. Dana, how are you? Not too bad, how are you? Grand, great to finally talk to you. We've covered a lot of stuff on uh, Scoreline and on the sports show about you. It's great, obviously, when you have local people going on to bigger things and, uh, you know, represent their country and everything as well. What's it been like for you over the last year or so? A bit, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, kind of went quickly from playing club to playing representing the country, but um, it's been uh, an enjoyable experience. Um, so with Tullo obviously and then you got picked up by Leinster first and all that how did all that happen? Yeah so I played in the under 18 Interprovincial Series last year and from that I was selected to uh, be a part of the National Talent Squad and I kind of just got selected for a screen in camp and uh, luckily Greg, Greg and Mac Williams gave me the chance to play for Ireland so that's all that all happened. So you were out in Japan uh, uh, tour out there um, he's got a win out there as well against him and everything like that 
I'd say with the experience of being called up for that, it must have been the excitement must have been something else. Uh, absolutely, yeah. When I got the email, I was kind of in a state of shock, but um, I was so looking forward to it. And um, the girls, were, there was just a special bond between the whole group, and they just made me feel so welcome. And uh, it was brilliant to get the win as well in Japan. Absolutely. Um, and what's it like going into an international setup like that? Um, with everyone, like you said, you got a great help from them. That's hugely important as well. But just a big step up in professionalism and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, a huge step up in standard, and uh, you know, everyone around you is pushing you to get the best out of you. But um, at the end of the day, they're there to improve you, to make you a better player, and everyone has each other's back as well on the pitch. It's great. What were the nerves like when you got named on the team to start? Um, it was nerve-wracking. I remember we were we were in a room and the team was named and we, we just went up and went for dinner straight away and it was uh, it, I was in a state of shock but uh, I was over the moon. Plenty of support around as well, I'm sure. I see you getting pictures taken with a lot of people here today. You know, you inspire a lot of younger people as well. You know, it shows you can go play for Tull or play for Carlo or whoever and go on to Leinster, go on to Ireland, that as well. It's hugely important. Absolutely, yeah. It's, um, no, there's been a, a huge uptake in, in women's sports, you know, in, in locality and it's it's great to see young girls being involved in sports and keeping active and uh, hopefully that will that will improve and keep growing. Yeah. And remember you're inspiring them as well, to showing them that it can be done. Well uh, yeah, I'd like to think so, but um, yeah, no, it's just it's just great to be home and seeing, you know, all the girls back back in the rugby clubs and having having great fun. The latest thing, I suppose, is the, the combination of Carlo and Tolo for the Rhinos. Um, that's a, an interesting project, but it's working really well. Yeah, I think so. I think at that age, you know, teams struggle to field teams, and it's, it's great to see the two clubs working together to prov- provide a team and not letting girls drop off, you know, because it's, it's good to keep them going. And I think that's, they're at that stage of their lives, you know, they, they need to, it's important to give them a platform to st- stick together. Dana, it's been great talking to you and finally to meet you as well. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks a million. One of Ireland's premier racing events occurred around Kilkenny over this last week. Ross Naman, that's of course what I'm talking about. And who did I have on? Well, from Ross Naman, Declan Quigley. The winner of Rossnaman is Scotland's Kate Richardson. Just a fantastic race and really kind of stressful end to the end of the race. And someone who's going to talk to me and tell me all about it is Mr. Declan Quigley. Declan, how are you doing, sir? Hey, no, we're starting to dry out a little bit. Yeah, you're going to think about trench foot after this week. It's extraordinary. Yeah, it just rained almost every day. Rain today dried up a little bit for the final stage criterion, but you weren't wrong about the, the drama. I mean, we drama in the time trial in the morning, we drama in the afternoon uh, criterion. In the end, the difference between uh, Kate Richardson, who won the race, and uh, and her nearest rival, just 0.13 of a second. It was remarkably close. And in that final stage, Kate Richardson in the magenta jersey, all she had to do was make sure that uh, she was uh, she was as close as she possibly could be to her nearest rival and she managed to just do that except she fell off she crashed early on in the stage uh, her bike was incapacitated she, there was a panicky moment and she got a bike from another competitor who was out of the race already 
got on this bike which didn't fit her, rode around to the pits, got another bike and managed to get back into the group that she was in and stalked her her, uh, her rival all the way through uh, to the finish. So it was incredibly close. Uh, Mika Van Zest of the Netherlands just missing out on the overall win by 0.13. A second successive victory for Scotland uh, uh, courtesy of Kate Richardson. Remarkable stuff. Wow, just talking about falling off your bike and getting back up there. We were only waxing lyrical about the courage that Mia Griffin uh, showed over at the European Championship when she continued to uh, cycle a race after falling off and hurting her clavicle but and unable to compete in the Ross Lewand due to it. But for Kay to do it and then cycle somebody else's bike just shows the determination. They were tough. You know, there's no doubt about it. I mean, a lot of riders were off their bikes this week. I mean, even Crystal uh, of Team Ireland crashed twice. The first time uh, she got back up and managed to get back in, she clearly damaged her hand, but she wasn't going to let that stop her. Second time, she came down with Lara Gillespie. Gillespie won two stages this week, uh, the rider from Wicklow uh, and with Team Ireland. And um, she was clearly the go-to rider for a finishing sprint. Um and she came, Crystal came down with her, got on the front, powered up to Kelly Murphy, got Lara Murphy uh, to Kelly, and uh, and then Kelly Murphy got her back in. And eventually, Lara Lara Gillespie finished fourth on the day and eleventh, and indeed the best of the Irish riders. So it was uh, some good teamwork. But yeah, some amazing resilience shown, shown by so many riders. It's uh, that none of them would have voted for the bad weather, but every one of them has a really cool story to tell after. Was there any particular stages that uh, a lot of them would have found challenging? I suppose day two and you're cycling out to Roar in the Steeg and the hills that could be along that way and particularly the one towards the end. Is there any stages that cyclists in particularly found hard, whether it be due to the weather or due to any hills? The thing about the beauty of stage race cycling is everything is a challenge. Even the shortest stage of the week, two and a half kilometres long, the, the time trial that we had this morning, absolutely torrential conditions and really, really uh, tense moments. And yeah, I think for the riders, just staying upright in that one was was a gift and, a, and an amazing achievement. And at the end of it, first and second, uh, just I mean, I, I, I can reiterate, Liga Van Zyl's had five second advantage going into that time trial. She lost the time trial by 5.13 seconds. We've never had as close a, a Ross de So, yeah, I mean, that was challenging. You talk about Woodstock, that was an amazing up and down day. There was a lot of uh, elevation. At the final ramp, I think a lot of people uh, know just how steep that hill is out of Inishtig. And uh, Van Zyl's got the win on that occasion. And then on stage three, we had to spin up to, uh, to the cotton the sleeve blooms, shrouded in mist for the second year in succession. All the riders absolutely frozen at the end of it and, uh, and all smiling, weirdly, because they were grimacing on their way up the hill and then there's this amazing atmosphere of joy and uh, sort of collegiate sort of bonding when they get to the top of the mountain. It's uh, It's been a hell of a week, I have to say. And Piltown was a good day as well because uh, it didn't rain and we had a, a second stage win of the week for uh, for Larry Gillespie after the, uh, the wet day on stage one in Callum. Absolutely fantastic. And just before I let you go, Declan, from a Team Ireland perspective, you talked about Lara Gillespie. She had a great run of form, you say, claiming two stages. Anyone else that stood out and impressed? I think it was an all-round team performance. I mean, I, I spoke about Kelly Murphy's. Uh, she, I mean, she's first leader. She did the last seven k. Then Eve McChrystal would pick it up. Linda Kelly was involved in the mix there, and Emily Kay. I mean, it was. Uh, it, we haven't had a stage win in eight years. Let's put this into perspective. The, the foreign teams have really ruled the roost, and it's been a really long victory drought. So to get two stage wins on the week, I think next year the itch to scratch is to go for the overall success. But uh, you know, a lot of teams didn't uh, weren't able to get in the mix for stage honours, and I think. They just the, the, the collective 
the connection that they had in those lead-outs was very, very impressive. So there's much for Team Ireland to take from this. And indeed, they've got track racing. They've got the track world coming up uh, a little bit later in the year in France. And I think the, the Irish team pursuit squad, of whom there were three in that five-rider lineup here in Rosnamont, will take great encouragement from that. Fantastic. Well, to you and your team and to all the cyclists, uh, just a tremendous effort over the past while. Lorraine O'Sullivan was keeping us up to date on everything that was happening if we couldn't actually get down there. So uh, huge congrats. Enjoy the the spoils, as they say. And uh, we're looking forward to covering it once again. Cheers, Ralph to Langton's a little while. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks to everyone in Kenny for the welcome we got. Thank you very much. Declan, Ross and Naman, there you have it. Just a tremendous day in Kilkenny for all the cyclists, crescendoing with all the drama that you would expect from a premier sporting event. I have tickets to give away, folks. Could it be you? I feel like I'm in the lotto ad. Finally, an old friend of ours here on Scoreline, Davy Jones from Davy Jones Fitness, gives us a rundown on what to expect from him in the coming year. Davy Jones from Davy Jones Fitness. Davy, how are you doing, sir? I'm good now, Shane. You? I'm very good. I'm very good. Davy, I love getting to chat to you about all things fitness. Of course, we did a 20-week crash course and you trying to get me in shape and get me up to speed and all things. But from your own perspective, how have you been dealing with the injury? I've seen you lifting Atlas stones and mad doing mad things once again on Instagram, but obviously missing out on Ireland's strongest man must have weighed heavy on you. So how are you coping now? Yeah, good now. Um, the rehab process is nearly over, so starting to feel some way strong again. And yeah, it's it's going well. It was a long process ahead. I had a few competitions kind of back to back this year, and I think I kind of made a bit of a mistake of doing too much in a short period of time and got injured, and one injury led to another to another, and then yeah, I had to I had to pull out of Ireland, unfortunately, and start the rehab process but yeah kind of on the other end of that now I'm focusing on next year now so yeah going well you have to keep positive I'd imagine in those situations because no doubt you're training for so long to come up and peak at this f- event and then not been able to do it so I know your body didn't work but was there a lot of work gone into keeping your mind right exactly yeah it's, it's very um very hard to realise you're not uh, being able to perform near what you should be able to perform at and it's very frustrating going into the gym and being only able to in my case lift maybe 50% of what I used to be able to lift or sometimes it was only like 30% and it's kind of demoralising where you can't do what you should be able to do and it's frustrating but you have to kind of trust the process of the rehab and getting things right and yeah and kind of everyone in uh Roach Injury Clinic in Kilkenny helped me out big time and uh, my body was falling apart there at one stage and uh, yeah, they, re- they really helped me and um, I just kind of programmed everything kind of very light and it worked out, it's starting to work out now. Is that something that, I, you're obviously competing at a, an elite level, but is that something that the layman's like myself or anybody listening out there, when they get a setback, is that advice that you would give them in in the sense that don't try and rush yourself don't try to get back to where you are too quickly because you might be able to get there quickly but would it have further ramifications then on your body in the future yeah definitely um because i hurt myself well, about a month before um earned the strongest man and i was just there 
the month later then looking at it, sitting in the crowd looking at it, they're thinking to myself, on the day you're thinking, oh, I should have done it. But realistically, I probably wouldn't have been able to perform um, the way I would like and probably wouldn't have came then where I would like then uh, placement-wise. So, like, you have to trust the process. You have to go along with it. Like I said, the first few weeks were very frustrating. Uh, you, you know you can do these things. You should be able to do these things, but just your body's not allowing you to do these things. And it's the same in any sport, you know. Um, someone um, does a crucial playing hurling and, and they, they can't go out and play a match and you have to do a load of rehab, a lot of strength work. It's frustrating not being able to go play that match, whatever whatever sport you're in. It's, it just is what it is. You have to trust the process and um, sometimes you have to go backwards to go forward. Davey, we're coming off a, a summer where a lot of people may have focused quite a lot on their body because they were going on holidays. They knew that they'll have their top off or they'll be in their bikinis or anything like that and they're looking for that beach bod. Now we're approaching the winter. Do you generally see a drop-off in the gym with people? And then, of course, you'll have the, the New Year's resolution people coming in then in January hoping to embark on their journey. But this period for a gym owner like yourself, is, this, uh, is it quieter than it normally is? No, September is usually a little bit busier. Um, right. Once kids go back to school, um, the adults are able to get into, back into their routine for holidays and stuff like this, and kids being off. And once kids are going back into school and everyone's back into routine, we usually see um, an influx of, of adults being able to come back into the gym and being able to train. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see everyone's back into routine. And it's a good time to train next few months it's not too hot first of all second of all then it's kind of you can get into a better routine there's no holidays you know there's, there's not as much going on so it's a great time to get into the gym and get trained I can see that you're trying to entice people anyway to get into the gym you had this crazy sale on back in July I believe but you have another one on again exactly yeah we have uh, a sale on our membership uh, our month's membership is down to 29 euro We've saved on every every membership three, six months, and a year is only 249. And that's all available on our website. And we have Gym Coach, which is um, basically like personal training, but it's in a group setting. So you can do up to five sessions a week with that. And that's only 70 euro a month now at the moment. So basically, you get 20 plus um, group, group personal training sessions a month. For seventy euros, so it's it's very cheap at the moment, and that's all, all available on our on our website. That sounds exciting. So you be might be getting an influx of people heading into the gym over the coming few months. Yes, that's what we're hoping now for get people in, um, back after holidays and back into the routine after holidays and get fit again. Uh, Davey, um, I noticed a lot of people are uptaking the personal training route as well. You have the five weeks, you have the 10 weeks, and in our case, we did the 20 weeks as well. If uh, people want to kind of ingrain themselves in that, and you're doing three days uh, every week, um, someone like myself who did it and is out on my own now, maybe lacking motivation, when is it recommended that you kind of restart that 10 weeks again? It's whenever you kind of find that you're not able to, like you just said, you and motivate yourself or you find that you might be slacking a little bit in the gym or missing a day or two or whatever it be. And a lot of people would do personal training with us for X amount of time. They could do it for three or four months or longer, a year even. And then they'd go about it themselves for a few months. And then, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of a, bit of a, a boost then go back and do 10 weeks or 20 weeks, like you said, and, and boost yourself back up and go again. It's kind of, it's a, a bit of a top up because... 
it's hard, it's hard to train your own. It's the, the motivation is not there and the discipline is not there. Once you're doing the person training, it's, it's, it's much more different. Uh, you have a very, like various people, different shapes and sizes over there. I've seen someone that was training for a bodybuilding competition over there. And then you see people that are starting their journey as well. So the the gym is open to pretty much everyone. You might have the stigma sometimes because you are Ireland's strongest man, that it is a strong man gym. But that doesn't certainly seem to be that way when you're looking at it from afar on social media. Yeah, no, we've every, every walk in life, um, everyone from... You know, the normal person who just wants to lose a couple of stone feel better with people in their 60s, one, one man in his 70s actually, and you know, fitter and healthier, more mobile. And you've asked them, people doing extremes, like, like running the marathons, people doing powerlifting, body, all it's kind of everyone's under one roof, and you see yourself, and everyone kind of supports each other. And it's not like headphones in job, no one talks to their gym, everyone circulations. Yeah, now I'm, I'm just to correct you. Now I'm just a broken down old strong man. That's all I am at the moment. <laughs> I'm the strongest man anymore. Just a broken down old old man now. That's all I am. Well, Davy, uh, all the information is up on DavyJonesFitness.com. Is that right? Every yeah, DavyJonesFitness.com uh, or .ie, sorry, and uh, Instagram and Facebook, DavyJonesFitness, and all the details there. And there's a coupon system there on the website. So you just type in. Um, to coupon to get your discount on your um, membership, whatever membership or gym coach you like, and you can avail of that offer now for the That's next three weeks. Sounds great. I seen that you were looking for a new personal trainer there recently. Have you had that position filled? No, unfortunately, I uh, haven't got much about that. One or two people, but uh, yeah, still looking for a personal trainer, um, class instructor. Um, yeah, if anyone's looking for a position like that, contact me. Same thing, Facebook, Instagram, through the website, and like that. I might apply, Davy. I might apply for the personal trainer. You can sort us all out, Shane. I don't think you have enough weights over there for me. Davy, thanks very much. It's a pleasure as always, sir. Thanks, Davy Jones from Davy Jones Fitness talking about their on the search for Uncle Kenny's next top personal trainer and a few great deals there as well on davyjonesfitness.ie. That's it from Scoreline Extra. You can catch the show live every weekend from 2 to 6 on Saturday and Sunday. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and remember, you're sound out.